Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Oh, my, my goodness, my good goodness, yes. Oh, I wasn't going to sing, but let my spirit do what it needs to do. You see my face? Okay, listen. Hey, you missed me? Because I miss you. All right, so let me update you real quick. Because you know how we do. Uh, I feel better. I feel better if memory doesn't serve you correctly. Uh, last conversation, I told you that I had the 2021-2022 package of cooties, okay? Starts with a C, has an Ovid in it, got a number 19 somewhere in, in, in the midst of, okay? And it liked to try to do something it was not supposed to be doing to my body, okay? I'm just going ahead and just let you know that. Where am I at? Mm, I want to say I'm about 95% because that's a good number. That's still an A, right? 95% where I'm supposed to be. I still got a little bit of a tickle in my throat. I don't want to speak it because, you know, as soon as you do, something comes up from that. So if you hear me give a little bit of shout of praise um, from the throat, you'll know that I got to get some of that out still. Um, the dizziness. Oh, the dizziness has gone it dissipated tremendously. I don't know. I never had a hangover in my life, and that that's true talk, okay? Uh, but the way that I was staggering, yeah, n- don't know how people do it. Not going to be, uh, why is this floor moving, okay? Uh, walls, be still in the name, okay, of Jesus. Uh, wasn't working. Uh, the way that I was feeling the temperature going up and down, I'm going to need the thermostat stay still too, and... Whew, but yeah, but but can I say something to you? And I'm not trying to make everything a spooky booky thing, but I was very determined, like I told you last conversation, that it was going to be some good that came out of that situation. Because what you're not going to do to me no more, okay, uh, is live live life through me. I'm going to live this life. God gave me this birth certificate, uh, these set of skills, Liam, if you will, and I'm not going to be taken. Mm-mm. N- n- nothing else is going to be taken from me. Not my peace, not my finances, not my emotions, not my physical, nothing. So if I come across a segment or a season of my life that deters or derails a little bit off of what I'm used to, some good is going to come out of this for me. I don't care what it looked like it could have been. I don't care what it looked like it was going to be. But understand this. When I come out with this flag and I'm waving in a victorious manner, just know I will have come out more than a conqueror. You're not going to come through the particular vicinity of my life, come out with a T-shirt on my watch. Now, I'm going to come out with every souvenir possible. Whatever they said would be impossible, I'm going to make possible because of the way that God went ahead and put his hand on me, there is nothing ever that will occur to me that will happen to me. It's always going to happen for me. Do you understand? Listen, I'm hyped. Your girl's back. <laughs> you understand? 
Do you understand? Let me explain something to you, and I'm going to try my best not to get choked up, but that's just where I'm at at this moment. Those 13, 14 days of me being down has been the best 14 days of my life. I literally could remember listening to other people's testimonies and hearing traumatic things happen to them and then hearing them fix their mouths to say, and I wouldn't have changed it. Ma'am, sir, yeah, no, it's another way you can get that lesson. I don't care what nobody say, but you know what? Now that I can go ahead and parallel park to that conversation, I get it. I get it, dog. Let me explain something to you, and I'm going to just be as unveiled as I possibly can. The only way I can explain it, I heard Steve Harvey say once that he didn't really start living life until his wife Marjorie came and that he felt like the crying clown, that he was making everybody else happy, he was making everybody else laugh, but inside he was sad. He felt lonely, and it just was, it wasn't a fulfilling life for him. And that was hilarious because – Nothing about Steve Harvey says that you're down. The king of comedy? One of the kings of comedy? Like, you can't see that. But I get it. I have had some truly traumatic things happen to me in my life, right? And I'm not even bringing that up for a woe is me moment. It just is what it is. Everybody has experienced certain variations of it. I, I think I got a, a lot of potency in that area, right? And what I realized was... There was so much going on in my thought life and in my emotions that it was manifesting in ways that my body was trying to get my attention. I even believe that there were certain times that the Holy Spirit was trying to get my attention. But because that was my form or my mode of operation, I could not get to where the Holy Spirit was trying to get me to. I could not pick up what God was trying to lay down. And I believe wholeheartedly that God allowed the sickness of COVID to rewire me. Let me explain something to you. For literally, and I'm literally 14 days, I had no energy but to do anything but present. I couldn't think about what's going to happen to future bills, future situations. I couldn't fret over anything. Everything that was a concern was no longer a concern, not because it wasn't presently still occurring, but because I had no energy mentally, emotionally, and certain not, certainly not physically to give it. There was always something that I was trying to figure out. What am I going to do? What's going to happen with that? And I'll let you in on just, I'm going to open my door and I'm going to hope for, you don't even got to come in if you're uncomfortable. You can just pee through the door. One of the things that was, because I'm a planner, and if not careful, the enemy will use that in a way that will be torturous. So I have a delayed start. And I'm going to put it that way when it comes to retirement. So now that I know that what I know now and I didn't put into practice before, I was trying to play this game of catch up. I got to hurry up because I got to do this. And so all of that started happening. Then the fact that I'm approaching 40s 
and that my mother passed at 44. That's why I had to have that conversation with you about two things could be true, right? She can be, it could be very true. We can look at her tombstone and say, okay, she only made it 44 years. Literally from her day of birth to my date of birth. And that was another thing the enemy tried to do. The fact that she died on my birthday was another looming fact of what if I don't make it past 44? What if this, that, and third? And I rebuke that in the mighty name of Jesus. I don't, I don't subscribe to that anymore. I had so many different things. What if I don't have enough saved up for all my kids to go to college the way they need to do? And it was so many different thoughts. And you know what the demonic part about that? Nothing that I was giving thought to was a bad thing. It's not bad to be concerned about your children's future, about maybe even your future, about being a good steward or how you're managing your monthly bills, about anything to that degree. It wasn't the wasn't the the content that was the problem. It was the connection to it that was the problem. I was giving this thought and thought and perpetual thought almost to the point of do you understand that it's starting to impact your peace? Do you understand that when you start talking about something and it's uncomfortable, your stomach starts to get tight and you start to feel a little bit differently in your jaw or wherever parts of your body that you encapsulate worry? Do you realize that your temperature changes a little bit? Your heart is doing a little bit different of a, of a rate than it was doing a couple minutes prior to talking about that, that there was so many changes in me that I wasn't even aware that, oh my gosh, something in me is trying to get my attention. I walked around with a bottle of Excedrin, had it on my monthly shopping list, because migraines was just a thing for me. Literally, my sleep was interrupted. Uh, I would be at work and be like, oh, I feel it coming on, so I would take one. And what I have come to realize is I am not in control. I am not in control. And in a new way, because I logically... You know, intellectually, uh, I knew that. <laughs> I already know. God is my source. I mean, I could cite Bible verses, all that other th- But you know what told the truth? My body, my emotions, the way that I felt. It's a difference than reading a scripture and understanding it intellectually. It's another thing to live a scripture and spiritually walk that thing out. The best thing that God could have ever allowed was for that sickness to come into my life. I wish there was another way I can candy coat that and do some things, but mm-mm. the freedom that I feel at this very moment, if I could pay you to feel it, I would. If I could pay to transfer a little bit of this from my checking savings to your checking savings, I promise you I would. I had no idea that I was so fretful. I had no idea that so many things consumed me emotionally. I had no idea that I was uh, literally withering away. Literally. Everything felt like an upward climb. 
everything felt like toiling. When I came up with a great idea or something that inspired me, it immediately exasperated me because the next thought was, okay, so what do I have to do to make that happen? Everything was exhausting. And I had no idea that I didn't have to live an exhausting life. That God wanted me to come to him and just recline in him. To relax in the bosom of my daddy. Who knows exactly what I need before I even say it. I got the Holy Spirit who's an advocator who moans and and testifies and petitions on my behalf. I got Jesus who did that gruesome thing that he did on Calvary. And then I dare to go pick up a part-time job in the spirit to go ahead and take my part in the worry. For what? For what? I called my husband when I got this revelation today. And I just not cried like I, I, I sat in the parking lot of where I was getting ready to go. And I just cried and cried and cried. And for the first time ever, freedom came with tears. Oh, my goodness. And I just confessed. I said I would look over the budget and I would get nervous. And then immediately I would say, okay, I got to find another way to make more money. And then I would go ahead and, you know, uh, something else would come up. And then I'm like, okay, I know what I want to do with my job, but what if they don't give me that job? And then something else will come up. And then I would see something else. And so I felt like I was playing this spiritual game of whack-a-mole. I see the things happening, but I'm putting energy forth to go ahead and try to go ahead and whack that particular mole. And then if something else came up, and so then instead of going ahead and, and trying to change my pace, I just became faster at it because then more stuff was coming up. And then now I'm in this spiritual game of just trying to, perpetuate how do I get all these things to go away and if I can't then I just need to hurry up and start putting patches over things to try to fix it and what I didn't realize is that my soul was like I can't keep doing this this is too much for me and the one thing that was kryptonite from myself was I never wanted to admit it when something was too much I did not want to reveal that there was a a little bit of a crack in my armor. I didn't want you to see that my mirror wasn't perfected. And not even perfected, but that I wasn't as strong as I knew I could be. Let me explain something to you about the delusion of strength. (laughs) Strength is not the equivalent to being um, inhuman. Strength is not the equivalent of... uh, you are unbreakable. No, you are human. <laughs> you are but mere clay. You are absolutely, positively breakable, okay? You you ever seen uh, dirt in the solid form? Yeah, it breaks. It crumbles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know any. Okay, just wanted to go ahead and make sure you got that part. Do you need another analogy? Okay, no? Okay, good. And so my thing was, See, but I don't want to be that that kind of strength. I want to be the strength that I'm durable. You see the difference in that? I'm not walking around like nothing can't break me, nothing can't. No, that's a beautiful mindset to have if you are resting in the armor of the Lord. 
I'm not trying to create this armor, sustain this armor, walk around, carry this armor so that when I finally do get to rest, I'm so weak because I'm carrying something in my own strength. I'm not doing that anymore. I was sitting at my desk at work, stressed out there, frustrated there. Coming home, having a little bit of energy left to give my children and and my husband and, you know, graduate school and then all of that, then trying to pursue my own dreams and things. And what I didn't realize is that in and of itself, nothing that I was presenting in or showing up for was bad. It was that I was presenting with my own strength. I cannot explain to you the peace that surpasses all understanding for me right now. And when I was speaking to my husband and I was just like, I would have these conversations with him. It wasn't like everything that I said was brand new information. It's just that I told him I'm never carrying that again. I believe that there are some things that happen to you in life that are literally life-changing moments. And for 14 days... I got some of the best sleep that I've ever gotten in my entire life. Body aching, temperature up and down, coughing, sweating, not being able to use all of my senses to its full capacity, feeling dizzy, feeling taking over-the-counter medication that's not working, all of that. But for the first time ever, I went to sleep and it wasn't a thought of worry that even try to visit my mind and when it did I had to quickly to quickly release that because the energy that I had was the energy I needed to fight to be healed I couldn't give and separate my energy to but what's going to happen with that God's going to have to do it because I can't I couldn't food shop so my family had to pick up and do what they needed to do I couldn't <laughs> there were so many things that was a part of my regularly scheduled program that I couldn't no more. So I literally took a true humble assessment of where I was and was like, listen, I'm going to have to make space for whatever this is, but I need space. I emailed my professor. I said, hey, I didn't want to contact you, but um, I'm going to need an extension on this paper. He was like, cool. Um you got, he gave me another week. He gave me way longer than what I thought. I was like, oh, okay. And that just goes to show you, you have not because you ask not. What is it that you're trying to present as you have it all together when you just need to go ahead and just let someone know, hey, what can be done? Because my original plan, it doesn't look like it's coming to fruition. What will be relieved of you, from you, if you were just to go ahead and just open up the biggest resource that you have, which is your mouth, your words. (laughs) You don't have to know everybody. You don't have to know everything. But can you speak and say, this is what I need? I love the fact that that's the one thing that God went ahead and um, innately gave us. You may not know how to get it, but you know what you need. When babies cry, they may not know how to fix a bottle but they're definitely clear on the fact that my stomach hurts and I'm hungry 
They may not know where you have to go to go purchase some pampers or do any of that, but they definitely know, you know what, this uh, different textures and warmth and, and all this that's happening inside my, my, my pamper, this needs to change. You may not know the extent of how to go ahead and put together what it is that you need, but you have internal alarms that tell you you need something. Usually, without the sense of smell, if a baby didn't cry, you wouldn't know they needed their pamper changed. You wouldn't know, oh, you know what? It's time for another bottle. Not all the time. Think about when you sleep through the middle of the night. How do you know in the middle of the night it's time for this baby to eat or it's going to be malnourished? So I want you to go back to your infantile awesomeness. And just be able to do the one thing that we were born to do. And it's let somebody know that we need something. Yet, what if you was the infant that was like, nah, I'm not. You know, they feed me when they want. You know, at this point, I'm I'm stronger than that. <laughs> like, I was in a womb for nine months. Like, yeah, we can wear that, but nobody suffers but you. Nobody suffers but you. And, and, I, and I see that in such a spiritual way. There's formula waiting to be given to you. There's diapers, clean ones, that's, that's willing and, and readily available to be put onto you. The only thing that's stopping it is that nobody knows you need it. And so then you go around smelling a certain way and feeling a certain way and developing rashes and developing hunger pains and doing all these things when all you had to say was, I need something. The worst that somebody can say is what? One or two things. They can't do it for you or they can point you in a direction where you probably can go ahead and find that thing. Whatever that may be. Open up your mouth and ask somebody, is, are they hiring? Open up your mouth and ask someone, listen, I hate being alone on the holidays. What are you doing? Stop trying to save face for how you could be perceived. Are you literally holding your lifeboat hostage because you don't want to open your mouth? How is that wisdom? How? I, I cannot explain. I literally want you to understand that a transformation happens when you realize I don't have to keep carrying out like that no more. And when I was speaking to my husband about it, he said something that was so um, potent. I was like, ooh. He said, you know what it sounds like? <laughs> it sounds like you went from Martha to Mary. And I was like, mm. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you finally realized what was important. You finally realized that what you were carrying, it wasn't, it wasn't working for you anymore. And so I said, you know what, Holy Spirit, um, can you give me a different perspective on that? He was like, absolutely. Go to Luke 10, 38. You know, I already read from the NLT version, right? Okay. So jump right into it. The little subtitle says, uh, Jesus visits Martha and Mary. So 38. As Jesus and the disciples continue to their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. 39. 
Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. 40. But Martha, who was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing, she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. 41. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. 42. There was only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Let me explain something to you. Let me explain to you the revelation that I got from this. Number one, Martha, you're the one that invited Jesus in, right? You're always the one that knows the right thing to do, but you don't carry it out the right way. Martha welcomed him into her home. Cool. But 39, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And here was a slap in the face for me. And just the, the, the wake up. Oh, snap. 41 says, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. I never realized that worry doesn't come in the form of, oh, my goodness, what about this particular situation? We go, so we don't shadow or overshadow the worry. We go inside of the worry and look at the details. It's almost like we don't look at the overall car and say, oh, my goodness, how am I going to go ahead and fill in the blank about this car? We go inside the car and start worrying about the engine, worrying about the brakes. Oh, I got to get more tires. Oh, that's going to be costly. Man, this, this check engine light go off again. Oh, it's time to get the oil. And you know why I believe that is? Because the enemy knows just worrying about the overall car, that's like a, eh, eh. That probably is like a day or two, you know, on the thought spectrum of a zero to 10, that's probably like a two. But if he can preoccupy you with all the intricacies, the small details, the small items inside of it that collectively brings up and produces a big worry, or he'll have you there for years. Because guess what? You always got to drive somewhere, right? Especially depending on where you're located. Yeah. And you know, gas going up, gas going down, gas shortage, gas. He can keep you just, your worry wills just continuously to go, go, go over one item. Isn't that something? Worry comes in the form of the details. The details. It's not the, it's not a bill. It's your finances. It's what about that? And how about this? And you go to all these different avenues on this one particular topic. And all you have to do is just say, God, I hand over this car to you. You know what I need. You know what needs to be done. I'm not, every time that there's a new click, a new clack, a new, I'm not, listen, I'm not doing any of this. You're either going to bless me miraculously with another one. You're going to let this 
particular car lasts until I get to my next one. You're going to give me an increase or I'm going to get this unexpected, I don't know, stimulus package number 955, whatever. And it, But it's going to work out for my good. I'm not going to get in this car every time I have my piece taken from me. You can have a nice day. That looks like Mary. Going from Mary to from Martha to Mary sounds like to me. And then the last thing, there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Let me explain to you why I'm trying not to cry right now. Because the beautiful thing about Revelation is that once you get it, it cannot be taken away from you. Once you get that piece of freedom, once you go ahead and arrive to that eureka moment, once the Holy Spirit nudges you in the right way, once you go ahead and see what you were doing were wrong, but now you know the way. Once you realize that you've been Saul this whole time, but now God's going to make you Paul. Once you get out of that particular cave and you resurrect and do what needs to be done, once it is done, it can never be taken away from you. And I'm so thankful for that. I am so thankful that you could be dead living and, and you can get a revelation and you can get that life breath just poured right back into you and now you can live life in a way that it would never be taken away from you again my gosh my gosh my gosh thank you lord thank you lord for living a life now that makes sense who wants to drag around martha when you have the the option to be Mary. Who wants to do that? Oh my goodness. Listen to me. I needed every piece of what happened to me. I needed every piece of the season that I just came out of. I needed to see that I was never living at all. And you know what the most dangerous thing was? I had no idea until God pointed it out to me. And the same thing with, with Martha. She literally, I, I praise God for her sister. Because she had to see something different to go ahead and complain to Jesus about it in the first place. To be able to have something to compare and contrast to and realize I was doing it wrong. I literally, if I didn't have this particular moment of sit down ma'am I had no idea of how I was living was wrong I had no idea that yo if you're thinking about something to the point that is bringing up physical ramifications stop you have gone to the extent of how you should be thinking about or how much you should be pouring into that stop that is an indicator right away that you know what, I need to cast my care. Yet your thought should not lead to a physical reaction. Your thought should not lead to you feeling something emotional. Your thought, mm -mm, you have gone to the extent of your thought, mama. Sir, you have gone to the extent of your thought. You need to be able to think about it enough to be able to pray about it. The end. There is nothing else to discuss after that. After that, you are trying to sit in God's seat and it's too big for you. Do you realize how you're starting to feel? 
God doesn't feel that when he's putting things together for your life. So you don't know how to do a God thing. Sit it down, okay? Point blank the period. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? No? You want me to give you your challenge? Cool. My challenge to you is when you look over the items of your life currently, where could you afford to transfer from Martha to Mary? Is God showing you someone in Mary form and you're like, I'm the only one that works as hard at the job. I'm the only one that pulls my weight around the house. I'm the only one that's trying to get to somewhere financially. I'm the only one. And you have deemed yourself the only one that is trying to get somewhere, trying to do something, trying to do whatever you want to fill in the blank for. And what you don't realize is that God's trying to show you, you can still get there with the merry mindset. Martha wanted to do something great for Jesus. She wanted to cook him a dinner. She wanted it to be what it was supposed to be. So she, in in a nutshell, Martha wanted to just commune and sit in the midst of Jesus. Mary did that same thing without the worry. Oh, what a revelation it is for God to show you exactly what your heart's desire is. You can get there, but you can get there without that negative emotion or that baggage weighing you down. Think about that literally. Martha wanted to cook dinner for Jesus, to sit at a table or sit next to him and just sit next to him. Mary wanted to do the same thing except that she didn't fret around the details of the dinner and this, that, and the third, so she went right to the sitting first. Sometimes we are getting to the tail end of what it is that we wanted to do with all this toil and all this torment, and then we go ahead and look to our left and our right, and we see somebody else get there, and we're like, wait a minute. She didn't work as hard as me. She didn't put the effort as much as me. He wasn't staying up late night. He wasn't grinding the way that I was, but he or she got your result and just didn't bring the stress on with them. That's a revelation right there. Mary went straight to the sitting. Martha would eventually got there, but she was too stressed in the the mist before she got to that point. So when she found herself telling on Mary, Jesus was like, y'all both want to sit with me. One of y'all just just decided I'm going to just cut to the chase. (laughs) I'm going to do it first. And so because she chose another way to do it, Martha, because she decided to, you know what, I'm going to partake in the sitting. The, I, we'll eat later. I just want to go ahead and sit with you. Don't ask me to take from her what you decided to take from yourself. Hmm. Martha, don't ask me to take from Mary the very thing that you want but that you're delaying to partake in. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Let me, let me, let me go ahead and say something to you. Um, you are exactly where you are in life because that's the route that you chose to get there. Yes, God has a perfect will. Ye- 
But the perfect will, as my husband explained to me, was that you get to live this life in such a way that you spend eternal life with God. All the other details and anchors, I ain't going to try that word right now because I'm getting ready to cough it out. But all the minor details of it, (coughs) crap, is between you and God. You can decide to do a whole big dinner, worry about the details, eventually go ahead and sit down, or you can cut to the chase and go ahead and sit down with God and then realize, you know what, Uh, we should eat maybe later on, but to do the important things first, to do your heart's desires first, and then whatever comes of that, my husband said this, and it was amazing, you are at the safest place where you could ever be. So let's just say you are Mary and you are sitting at the feet of Jesus and then you do become hungry. You think Jesus is going to let you starve? Let's just say you decided this is how I want to start my morning off. I want to start my morning every morning in the presence of God. And I want to give him, you know, the, the first fruits of my time and first fruits of my finances or whatever it is you think. That God is going to let something happen to your finances. You think that God's going to allow for a terrible day to happen. And you decided I'm going to do something first that honors God. And then whatever comes of that, it's just God's going to have to take care of me. Do you know how much wisdom is in that? For so long, I thought that that was being irresponsible. For so long, I thought. If you didn't plan something out to the elemental P, then you know what? You wasn't being a good steward. But now what I'm starting to realize is whatever it is that is trying to take your peace mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever it is that's trying to preoccupy your time here in life, in your mind, or whatever it may look like, I want you to go ahead and do a Jesus thing in that particular area first and then watch God take care of you. You want to know how you never worry about finances again? You tithe and you give God your first fruits. And and that's just it. Because you sold a seed financially. And it cannot be taken from you. Mary was sowing a seed when she was sitting at the foot of Jesus. And Jesus declared on her behalf. He was her mouthpiece. Mary didn't have to go ahead and tell Martha, while I'm sitting here, she didn't have to go ahead and present any other way. Jesus was her mouthpiece. And what she is doing and the seed that she has went ahead and sown in the kingdom, it will not be taken away from her. That's the same thing that's going to be said when you sow your finances, when you sow your peace, when you sow So anything else, when you do that first in the kingdom, Jesus will be your mouthpiece and you'll never have to explain to anybody else why you do a thing. How come it's still working out for you, but you didn't do it the way other people do it. You don't have to spend all those years. You don't have to have all that time at the job. You don't have to have all this money in the bank to be able to do a thing. Let me explain something to you. What God has done for my family in these last two weeks, you'll never be able to tell me anything else because I'm going to sow my seed first. I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus first and everything that happens to happen in my life God's gonna be my mouthpiece and you're gonna look at my life and see what I tried all my life to explain it is such a profound peace yo do you know do you know 
how far-fetched the idea of building a home from scratch was for my family, for my finances, for the way that it looked for me. And I'm in the midst of getting ready to close on that right now. God allowed my family to build a new construction home in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of me suffering from the illness of the pandemic. Do you understand what sitting down at the feet of Jesus really does? Do you know the power that you are giving up when you don't partake in the first fruits of doing it the way that it should be done first I was worried about so much there were so many details that I was given fumbled in and then God gave me two weeks where I couldn't do nothing but just sit and things worked out anyway guess what would never be taken away from me <laughs> me sowing the seed that I should have sowed first. Mm, God, thank you. Listen, do you have your challenge? Okay, because I feel like you got what you needed. You know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody's going to have with you, but who? Your favorite homegirl. Who else is going to take their own tea? Don't drink after me because I got the cooties right now. And then go ahead, pour you some, sip it together with you, and we all can continue to just manifest and do great things from this one sip. Do you understand how powerful that is? But listen, I feel like I'm getting ready to cough and I don't want to do that in your ear. So I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. But we'll talk later. I promise I, I'm on fire. Your girl, guess who's bizarre? You understand? <laughs> later. <laughs>